0: I don't know what it is, but there's just something about scaring people that I love. Ever since, you know, I was a teenager, I've always loved scaring my friends, people that I love the most. You think like, why? It's like I'm sick in the head, but I just love to scare people. I mean, to find the perfect scare, I've literally wasted 30 to 60 minutes of my life at a time trying to find the perfect spot, the perfect moment to actually scare my friends. And uh, it's just crazy. And so uh, most recently, I was uh, driving by, I was in the neighborhood of my dear friend Maki, our Japanese church planter. And I said, you know, I could just stop by his house and just say hi, or I could drop in for scare. So I chose the scare. So I went to his house and I was all excited. And so I I creep up on his house and I bang on the door. And then I run behind his garage. First time he opens up the door, looks out. Then second time I do it again, knock on the door. And he opens up the door and looking around, doesn't see me. And then the third time, third time was the charm. But instead of telling you, why why don't I just go ahead and show you what happened? Take a look. (laughs)
1: You guys, that's a prankster, come on.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So <laughs> totally scared, scared the crap out of Maki, loved every moment of it. And now one of my new favorite pictures is this one right here. This is my new favorite picture of all times right now. And this, ladies and gentlemen, is the picture of the face of fear. This is the picture of fear just right on someone's face. And I, I tell you all that today is because today, as we continue in our Abraham series, we're talking about how to have confidence in the face of of fear. Because the reality is, is, is this is all of us have to deal with fear, whether we like it or not. Fear, it's so amazing, right? How it can cripple our minds, how it can cripple our bodies, in so many different ways, how fear can affect us. And so the question to kick this off is: what do you fear? When you think about your life and the things of the world or whatever your world spinning out of chaos, what are the things that you specifically fear? Maybe, for you, the idea of fearing is the idea of, of maybe going to the doctors like me like i don 't like to go to the doctors, so maybe that's something that you fear, or maybe it's getting up on a ladder and, and having just you know getting up high you know with heights, or maybe it's those creepy spiders you know that crawl over the place uh, you, you, maybe spiders make you fear maybe it's this what i 'm doing right now, standing on stage just would just make you just just fear just the concept of being on stage or maybe it's getting sick or um, you know, getting COVID or getting the vaccine or not getting the vaccine or losing freedoms or whatever it might be, losing your job. Maybe that's something that you know, that you fear or, or or maybe it's fearing uh, what happens to your children or fearing what happens to your grandchildren or maybe fearing not ever being able to have children. Maybe it's the fear of being alone. Maybe it's the fear of death. And, and, and that thought of death and the afterlife of, of being not secure of what happens with you when you die. So now that I've brought up all these fears and I've made you anxious today, uh, we're just going to leave it right there and we'll see you next week. No, don't worry, I, w- I, won't, I won't do that. But so what do we do with it? What do we do When the fear, fear just begins to creep its ugly head. What do we do? How do we stand up to fear and have confidence to take that fear and literally punch it right in the face? And so today, as we continue in this series on Abraham walking in confidence, we're going to see how fear got the best of Abraham. And we're going to hopefully gain some tools and tips and learn from his mistake uh, and see how much fear can cripple us in our lives and how we react. And so before we do, uh, I wanna pray. I wanna pray for you and and, and if you watch all the time, I always stop before we dive into the truth and I do it for a reason, I do it for a purpose and that's because I've set the stage of where we're going so now you know the direction of, do I wanna listen to this for the next 15 minutes or not? Uh, Okay, how do I handle fear in in my life? You know where we're going. Now we're going to hear from God and what God wants to show us. So just take a moment and just ask God, hey, speak to me. Help me to see what you want me to see. So just wherever you're watching, just ask God right now, speak to me. Just ask him, God, speak to me. God, speak to me. Help me to hear it. And Father, I ask that you would help my mind and my pace and my communication to just be clear and just get me out of the way. I need your help. I pray this in the power of your son's name, Jesus. Amen, amen. All right, so open up a copy of the scriptures to the book of Genesis. It's the first book of the Bible, so really easy to find the book of Genesis. We're gonna be in chapter 12, continuing in chapter 12. Now, we don't know a lot about Abraham's childhood, but we know a ton about his adulthood, and that's where we pick it up in Genesis chapter 12. Last week, uh, we talked about the great Abrahamic covenant. This is the calling upon Abraham's life, uh, that God would bless him, that he would make him famous with land and children uh, that, he, that he, he could ever even imagine so much as far as the stars are in the sky, the, the sand on the shore, he, he would be blessed like no other. And so he takes the promise, he answers the call of God and he leaves everything that he knew. He left the, the, the town of Haran and he went to the land of Canaan that God told him to go to. And so he gets to Canaan, and very soon after he got to Canaan, this massive famine comes over the land of Canaan, and this is where we pick up our story. Genesis chapter 12, starting in verse 10. Here we go. It says this. Now there was a famine in the land, so Abram went down to Egypt to sojourn there, for the famine was severe in the land, so much so that he he needed to move. When when he was about to enter Egypt, he said to Sarai, his wife, I know that you are a woman beautiful in appearance, and when the Egyptians see you, they will say, this is his wife. It continues, then they're going to kill me, but they will let you live. So it's like, what are we going to do? So here's what he says. He comes up with this plan in his mind. Say you're my sister, that it may go well with me because of you, and that my life may be spared for your sake. Okay, so just... If we can kind of process this, maybe if you're watching with a spouse or something, I mean, can you imagine uh, your husband telling you, hey, just pretend you're my sister, so that the Pharaoh can then take you and do whatever he wants with you. I mean, can you imagine husbands, spouse, wives, can you imagine your husband uh, playing this out? I mean, this is just crazy. So great drought, great famine. He's forecasting that they're foreigners and, and that you know they're going to be potentially prisoners. They're very vulnerable right now. And so literally he starts forecasting this awful plan. Fear, what is it doing? It's seducing Abraham to hand over his wife, his beautiful wife Sarai to Pharaoh. What does this show us? What does this remind us, right? Fear has the overwhelming ability to reduce our level of sound judgment. I'll say that again. Fear has the overwhelming ability to reduce our level of sound judgment, have you seen this play out in your life? Like, have you seen this play out where fear uh, ha- has allowed you to respond irrationally? Maybe you've seen it in yourself. Maybe you've seen it in others. I remember uh, when I was a little boy, uh, I-, I had a fear of swimming. I-, I didn't really just, I was afraid of drowning. And I-, I-, I remember my dad was trying to teach me how to swim without the life jacket. So I'm. Literally strangling his neck, not wanting him to let me go. And so finally he starts to like, you know, release the death grip off of his neck. And then he lets me go. And it was the most amazing, blissful Michael Phelps thing you've ever seen. I'm just doing backstrokes and breaststrokes. Like, no, I mean, it was the most beautiful, elegant thing you've ever seen just kidding that's not what it was it was the most chaotic crazy i was just screaming i was frantic i was frolicking all around there's waves all over me i'm going crazy i'm going crazy i think i'm gonna drown i think i'm gonna die and then all of a sudden i keep hearing the voice from my father saying travis I'm right here. I'm right here. Focus. I'm right here. I'm right here. Just, I, I, I'm right here. I got you. I got you. I've got you. Focus on me. Focus on me. Focus on me. And as chaotic as it was and as scared as I was and as freaked out as I was, the more that I paid attention to my dad and the more that I knew and trusted that he had me, the more that the chaos of everything that was going around me started to calm down. And in a very, very similar way, this is the truth that we have to hold on to when the fear and the chaos of the world starts making us feel like we're flapping around everywhere. When you got CNN in your ear and Fox News in your ear and Facebook and Instagram and all the craziness of that's happening in our world or whatever it is for you, right? Instead of allowing it to just make you feel like you're sinking and you're drowning, we step out of it and we focus on our Father. The, the, this truth, this important truth, that the more that we focus on, the Father, the less we focus on the fear. I, I know I know it seems simple. Okay, I got that, but no, literally, this is foundational for confidence when we're faced with fear. Is the more that we focus on the Father, the less we will truly focus on the fear. Which reminds me of the story in Matthew 14 when, 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 when Jesus Uh, approaches his disciples and there's a storm and they're out on the boat and what does Jesus do? He comes to them but he doesn't come to them by boat. He literally comes to them walking on the water and when they realize it's not a ghost and that it's actually Jesus, Peter his disciple has the courage to say can I come to you? Can I come out on the water with you? And so he steps out. Can you imagine that first step? I always imagine that first step of him walking out into the water and then he's walking and he's not sinking. He's actually standing on top of the water and he starts walking towards Jesus. He's got his focus on Jesus, but then the story tells us, right? He starts looking around. He gets his eyes off Jesus, and the chaos starts making him sink and it starts making him fall into the chaos of his fear. But then again, he looks at the Father. He looks at Jesus, and Jesus pulls him up. It's so important for us to remember this truth that no matter the chaos that happens in our world around us, the more that we focus on the Father, the less we will focus on the fear. And when we shift our fear Whatever it is, you know your fear that you're facing. When you shift that fear and you put it onto the Father, the chaos becomes more calm and our perspective becomes more clear. The chaos becomes more calm and our perspective becomes more clear. When we put our focus on the Father, when we sing that song out to Him again, when we read that passage of Scripture again, when we go to Him, it's amazing what that does in the midst of fear. And so the story continues, Abraham goes to Egypt, he arrives there, and what he forecasted he was going to do, he actually went for it and did it, and he gave his beautiful wife Sarai to the Pharaoh. And the Pharaoh couldn't pass up an offer like that, this beautiful girl, and he takes Sarah in, and then Abraham is lavished with all these gifts, and you just got to imagine what the heck Sarah is thinking about right now, like what is she going through in her mind? The text is silent. It doesn't give her emotion. But I got to imagine she's thinking feelings of betrayal, extortion, confusion, hurt, fear so much. Probably just the the, you got to think that her confidence in the promise from Abraham that God gave was just just being threatened and questioned in her mind. And so you got to think about how Abraham's fear was affecting Sarai. His wife. And then it goes on. So after Sarai is taken in, here's what happens. But the Lord then, because of this, this Pharaoh doesn't know, right? He was trusting Abraham. The the, the Lord then afflicted Pharaoh and his household, not just Pharaoh, but his household, with great plagues because of Sarai. We don't know what the plagues specifically were, but they must have been pretty intense. Because then Pharaoh called Abram and said, what is this you have done to me? Like, like, why did you not tell me that she was your wife? Because the plagues were so great, the lie finally came to the light. It continues. It says this. Why did you say she is my sister so that I would take her for my wife? Now then, just come on. Like, you've caused so much crap to happen to my kingdom and to me. Just, just, it's time to get out of here. Take your wife and go. Go. And so Pharaoh gave men orders concerning him and then sent him away with his wife and all that he had. And so what does this show us? It brings up a really, really important truth. That fear, let's put it up. Fear, it not only reduces our faith, it has the power to reduce our faith, but it has the power to reduce the faith of those around us. Fear not only can reduce our faith, but it can reduce the faith of those around us. It has a crippling power to reduce our faith and those around us. We already gave you the demonstration of Sarai and what that did to her faith potentially, right? Then you think of Pharaoh. And what it was doing for him and his entire household. I mean, innocent people were going through all this just because of the lack of faith of Abraham. How ironic is it, if you think of this story for a second, to think about the pagan pharaoh was literally calling out the great father Abraham. He was calling him out. How humbling it must have been for Abraham to literally get a moral lesson from a pagan pharaoh. It should have been the other way around. Abraham's striving to lead Pharaoh out of his pagan way, but instead, here you have this lesson given to Pharaoh by Abraham. The ability for Abraham to exercise his leadership was literally being dismantled by his fear and his lack of faith. What a sobering thought when you think about that, of how our level of fear, our level of faith can have such a rippling effect on those around us. Fear and faith. Are highly contagious let me say that again fear and faith are highly contagious and so when chaos and trouble hits our world hits our lives here's the question we have to step back while we're leading while we're living life moving through our world we need to step back and ask ourselves the question what are we spreading what are you spreading right now are you spreading faith or are you spreading fear are, are, are you spreading you know, droplets of fear around your sphere of influence or droplets of faith around? I'm not saying you're all fear or all faith, but I'm just saying like, like, literally, what is the temperature that you are spreading out to those around you? When you think about what you've been through over the past year and a half, what would people say about you? Yeah, they're, they're contagiously fearful or they're contagiously faithful. If you have kids What have you been spreading to them what are you spreading to your kids you know you think about what's been going on in our world and the pandemic and all this stuff you know who knows the effects of this will have on our children i know jen and i you know halfway through the season of the pandemic we really had to stop and ask ourselves the same question what are we spreading to our children faith or fear and we had to restructure what we were listening to always in our house making sure that we were not having the news on all the time we wanted to inform them but to what level and i'll never forget one of my children just struggling to sleep for a season because of anxiety and it was because of everything that was going on and so it humbled me realizing that wow she's listening to daddy they're listening to mommy and how important it is for us when we think about our children to be modeling faith over fear and how contagious it truly, truly is within our households um, and spreading throughout all of our other influences. What are you demonstrating? What are you demonstrating? Next, the story continues. He basically will see he leaves he leaves. So Abraham went up from Egypt, he and his wife and all that he had, and lot with him, into Negev. Now Abraham was very rich in livestock and silver and gold. It continues. And he journeyed on from Negev as far as Bethel to the place where his tent had been at the beginning between Bethel and Ai, to the place where he had made an altar at the, at the first. And there Abram called upon the name of the Lord. Abraham called upon the name of the Lord. Now Pharaoh gave orders for Abraham to leave, and so he did. He got out of Egypt. And you got to imagine what in the heck was going on in Abraham's mind as he was walking through the dry desert, licking his wounds. It doesn't tell us specifically, but i got to imagine, personally, that he felt insecurity in his calling and guilty from his falling. Because of his fear that got the best of him, the aftermath, he was feeling insecurity in his calling and guilty from his falling. And I know I've experienced those very same things when I've let fear overwhelm me. Because when we run to fear instead of faith, it does, it brings insecurity to our callings. This, this, this blew me away. Think about this. When Abraham heard... Follow me here. When Abraham heard from the Pharaoh, go and leave this country. I couldn't help but think about just earlier in the chapter how that same phrase was given to Abraham, but it wasn't by Pharaoh. It was by God. Go and leave this country. So, that same phrase go and leave this country from pharaoh it was a penalty get out of here but from god it was the promise and i gotta imagine i wonder if abraham heard that phrase and then it remembered he remembered the promise he 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 remembered what god had promised him and then i imagine because of his failure he's starting to question his calling He's he's feeling insecure feeling like because of my forgetfulness, because I've dropped the ball, you know, he begins to believe the lies that God had picked the wrong person, that he can never use me now. I'm not good enough. And so we must remember this truth that if fear gets the best of us, that God still remains faithful. Second Timothy 2.13, favorite verse, is if we're faithful, if we're faithless, he will remain faithful for he cannot disown himself. Remember, God is the very definition of faithful. It's just who he is. And when he makes a promise, he keeps his promise. So when we run to fear instead of faith, it brings insecurity to our calling. But not only that, what does it do? It makes us feel guilty from our fallings. After we fall, right? We know this It's so easy for us to, if we're seduced by fear and we fall into this whatever, um, it's easy for us to just stall out and stop moving and just sit in it. But Abraham didn't sit there. He wasn't going to leave his faith in Egypt. He kept his faith and he started his journey and he went back. What does it say? He went back to the very beginning. He went back to the very beginning, remembering the promise that God had made to him. And so it's so important for us when we fall into fear to not stay there, to get up and move from it and go back to the beginning of God's calling upon our life and we remember that grace. He went back to the beginning, recognizing the incredible mercy that God granted him instead of the incredible judgment he could have granted to him. He he went back to the beginning remembering this incredible mercy that God had granted to him instead of this incredible judgment that he could have granted to him. And then it says that he responded by calling on the name of the Lord and he worshipped him. So what we've learned today through this this tragedy in Abraham's life is is this important truth that fear reduces our faith and confidence in the Lord. Fear reduces completely reduces our faith, it messes up our calling, it affects those around us. But there is one fear that is important before we close this out to remind ourselves that there's one fear that is very healthy for us that we need to increase in our lives. And that is the healthy fear of the Lord. Proverbs 14:26 says In the fear of the Lord, one has strong what? Confidence. In the fear of the Lord, one has strong confidence. Why? Because of a truth that God put in my head a long time ago. Is that the more we deepen our fear of God, the more our faith in his mercy arises. The more that we deepen our fear and the holy, magnificent, great Yahweh, God who he is, the more our faith and hope in his mercy arises. It's so important for us to understand and have a healthy fear of God. And my question for you is, do you have a healthy fear of God? Do you fear him? And I got to bet that there's a few of you watching If you're honest, you don't fear him. You don't. You don't fear God by the way you've chosen to live your life or the way that you have ignored him or kept him out of your life or whatever that might be. Um, But you're listening, and I'm glad you're listening, and I'm glad you're exploring. But I need you to understand something that's so clear. God is the definition of faithfulness. And so he can't give his mercy without giving his judgment. And so therefore, when we think about the great Yahweh and how he is so holy and can't have anything to do with unholiness, he can't have a hint of unholiness, therefore that means that judgment is coming from a holy, righteous God. And there should be some fear there. But then that fear leads us to a faith of hope. In his mercy that he offers to all of us because he doesn't want us to face that judgment. He's made a way. He's the way. And he gave himself in the form of a man, Jesus Christ, to be our sacrifice, to be our grace that we can go to, to be our mercy that we are covered with. And so he made it really clear that all who call upon the name of jesus will be saved from that judgment saved from that sin because of what he's done and he offers that mercy to you and he offered that mercy to me and so do you have a healthy fear of the lord and have you made a decision yet in your life to take that and grab on To a hope in his mercy that is offered to you and so if you haven't then you can do that right now and so wherever you're watching wherever you're listening i just want to invite you um, to grab onto that hope to grab onto that mercy and so just say right now in the quietness of of where you're at just say father um here i am i'm grabbing onto your mercy I'm putting my faith and trust in you. I recognize that I deserve judgment because of my sin, and you're a holy God. And, uh, but I recognize that you made a way. And so I thank you for dying for me. I thank you for rising again for me. And right now I receive you, Jesus, into my life. As you keep praying, I just want you to know that he made it really clear that if you truly meant that and put your faith in him, that you will no longer perish and have judgment forever. But you'll have everlasting life forever. And it's life with him and it's life that starts right now. So Father, thank you for offering that mercy to us. Thank you for those that have received that mercy today, wherever they're listening and watching. And God, I just ask that whatever fears are stirring that are overwhelming us, that you would give us the courage, that you would give us the strength to punch those fears right in the face, that we would stand up to them, that we wouldn't allow them to drown us, that you wouldn't allow those to make us uh, be idle, that God, that you would help us to move and that you would help us to, uh, to keep our focus on you our great Father, instead of the fear. We love you. We pray this in the power of your Son's name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. So, here's what we're going to do. If you made a faith decision to move towards God and you grabbed onto His mercy, then I want to invite you to text the word Mile City" to 94000. So please just do that, because we want to walk with you, we want to celebrate with you and answer questions you have. But then, um, the band's going to play this song, that talks about fears that we face. And so, as they play this song, here's the question What is a fear that is overwhelming you? And how are you taking that fear and shifting it onto the Father? What can you do specifically to shift that fear from fear on to the Father?
1: When he told you you're not good When he told you you're not right When he told you you're not strong To put up a good fight When he told you you're not worth told you you're not love when he told you you're not beautiful you'll never be enough fear he is a liar he will take your breath stop you in your steps. fear he is a liar he will rob your rent steal your happiness cast your feet in the fire cause feet, he is a liar when he told you you were trouble you'll forever be You should run away and never find a home. When he told you you were dirty and you should be ashamed. When he told you you could be the one, the grace could never change.